You are listening to Hoisting the Sail, a supply chain podcast. From our studio at the Brooklyn Navy Yard overlooking New York Harbor, we talk to the innovators and professionals who use the wind to power the maritime supply chain. I'm your host, Kat Bride. Hoisting the Sail is presented by Wind Support NYC. Today's show is very special. We have our transatlantic guest with us today, all the way from Nantes in Brittany in France. We are so excited to present Simon Vatan, the president of VPLP, a legendary French design firm. To give our listeners a little bit of background, VPLP really had a huge moment in 2010 designing the America's Cup boat, the winner for Oracle. And that was really the game changer in fast yachting. Simon, we cannot say thank you enough for making time for us and joining us from all the way across the Atlantic. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Kat. Thanks a lot for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Well, I'd like to start about you and introducing you to our audience. Now you're head of this design firm. So tell us about the journey. Yeah, I'm Simon, 35 years old. I'm an engineer by trade and by heart, dare I say. I've been grown up passionate about sailing. And at the, at the, at the end of my studies, I have applied for an internship at uh, VPLP, basically standing at their door in their Paris office, trying to try to get an internship. Eventually, Mark was good enough to have me for a six-month internship in their office, working on catamaran, you know, a simulation tool, and then uh, went on for a sailing trip for a year. Ended up in New Zealand for a year working a sail making company as an engineer. And in 2011, after the America's Cup, Vincent, Mark's partner, so LP of VPLP, contacted me again for the next round of America's Cup, which was due to take place in San Francisco in 2013. So I joined the Vans office for three years, working mainly on performance, which means how to you know, simulate these fast boats and simulate this performance and make the good design choices to make them even faster. In 2014, uh, VPLP has been approached by another America's Cup syndicate called Artemis Racing, the Swedish challenge. So I had the chance to go uh, stateside, as you say, in San Francisco within the team, also working on performance, foil design, contributing into the design of these 50 foot fast foiling catamarans that eventually raced the America's Cup in, uh, in Bermuda. I quit VPLP at that time to be fully focused on this challenge, racing in Bermuda in 2017. Uh, we had a good run, eventually lost to Team New Zealand, who uh, ended up winning the Cup, so nothing to be ashamed of, far from that. And then starting uh, Artemis Technologies, which was more of a tech, high-tech startup, providing you know, consultancy services for high-performance project, racing or sailing project, and but also with a with view to do some technology transfer towards the maritime world in general, trying to transfer the foiling technology to, to the wider public. At that point, after six years abroad, personally, I, I wanted to come back to France home. And then I was approached again by Mark and Vincent, who were starting that maritime branch of the VPLP design office, which was really aimed on, uh, on developing design and design services solely for the maritime transportation. And so I had a lot of pleasure embarking in that new journey. And uh, yeah, here I am. Okay, terrific. 
so many of our listeners are going to recognize VPLP as just making gorgeous, amazing 21st century high technology racing yachts. But that's not all you do. You have several different units. And I wanted to ask you about that. In, in VPLP, the, the company started in 1983 with Mark and Vincent, the two founders just out of Naval Architecture School. They started the two of them only, mainly working on multi-hull design, which was really pioneering at that time. And today there's about 35 of us over uh, three sites. So one in Paris, one in Vannes, and one in Nantes. In terms of activity, we have three main fields that we, uh, that we are working on. Racing yacht, mostly ocean-going racers. We have the leisure side, production catamaran for the Lagoon brand of the Beneteau Group, and custom design catamarans from anything from you know 60 to 140 feet, and the maritime department, as we call it, which started in 2018, 2019, and really focused on making racing-derived technology available to the workable market. Before we jump into bringing that technology to uh, larger maritime design, VPLP has been a winner or has designed a winning boat in every major sailing competition. You mentioned the Vendée Globe before, the Jules Verne Trophy, Route de Rome, America's Cup. In 2021, Simon, boats fly at 50 knots, some even faster, and they can sail around the world in 40 days. I really hope that you can shed some light on the key technological breakthroughs that have allowed that to happen. Well, for sure, there's not many sports where there's such a big progression. Just as a bit of a context, uh, the Jules Verne Trophy was started in, in 1993, and in the first, first successful attempt, a multi-hull catamaran managed to, to sail around the world in just over 80 days, which was the initial challenge. The current uh, record is just about 40 days in 2017. So in, in just over 20 years, we have been able to double the speed at which these ocean-going racing yachts are able to, to sail. It's been rather continuous upgrades and always ongoing rather than just a single major breakthrough. There's been first a lot of progression on the materials, the use of advanced composite, which were already present in the 80s, but the, the building techniques have evolved so much that we're able to, to produce lightweight structure in a much, much, much more reliable way. I think the general improvement has also been a lot driven by simulation and conception tools allowed us to, to take a lot of confidence into our simulation and try a lot of iterative design on the computer uh, rather than having to design, build, test, crash, fail. And this is just accelerating. One of the other very major items is the use. It's not so much the use of foil, but the quality and the performance of foil in, in the way that how they are designed and built. Since the early 2000, we are able to build them so much stronger, thinner, and hence faster. These, this technology allows us to literally fly most of the time over the water uh, at, at high speed. We, we have had a lot of big news from VPLP in the past two years. And at the end of 2019, you unveiled 
canopy, which is this new 121 meter long roll-in roll-out vessel, which is going to transport components of the Ariane 6 rocket from Europe to French Guiana. Moving into that, VPLP is so well known for designing ultra-performance boats. To create a boat like the Canopé, it's a completely different approach. How did you do it? It's such a different challenge, and uh, I'd love to hear more about the process. It's all based on Mark von Pettigam's vision, since he saw this BMW Oracle uh, win trimaran that, that we designed with the Soling wing sail, winning the America's Cup and having such an easy and stable wind-powered engine that was this 68-meter-tall uh, wing sail. And ever since then, he's been pushing for technology transfer and try to convince ship owner, maritime sector actors to, to transition towards this technology. This canopy project has been the achievement of, of pretty much a decade of knocking on doors, showing concept, uh, making it less and less racy and more and more industrial, adapting to, to these constraints, trying to convince people that, that it was possible, it was doable, it was interesting uh, from a commercial and operational point of view, that, that eventually the, the canopy has been the closing the deal on, on this vessel construction. Uh, it seems like they've listened to you. They've, uh, you you've, been, you've been successful at getting them to convert. Yeah, the, the canopy was a very funny story. It, there was a design competition launched by Ariane Espace for the design of, of that new vessel, which has been operated by a French shipping company for over the last 15 years. And there were nine or 10 contestants in the final round, very big names in the, in the shipping industry. And we went there, let's, let's give it a go. Why not? We have nothing to lose. Let's, let's, let's show them what we can do. And, and they liked what they saw. They liked the, the wings. They liked the design. You know, something that was different, uh, innovative, bold, technological. And that we were also able to demonstrate to them that there were some gains to be made because they're not just about prestige or, or image. It had to match the operational constraints. And we won that competition. And at that point, we were like, oh dear, what, what do we do now? And we had to restructure, to hire, to partner with some experts from the field to, to, to finally deliver that, that project that is currently being built in, uh, in Europe. Canopé is completely unique. And for our listeners, I wanted to explain, this is not a barge. In the United States, we are used to seeing the barges go and pick up the detritus and the rockets and the shuttles from our space program. They go out into the Pacific or in the Caribbean and drag them back to land. The canopy is completely different, very unique. I don't know of anything else like it. But can you tell us what really you bring to this project and what is going to make this different from other roll-in, roll-out ships the canopy vessel is bringing as well all the rocket fuel reserves for a full launch liquid hydrogen liquid ergols stuff that's you know not very safe and not very easy to handle and you have to bring them together so that eventually they're getting burnt into the uh, rocket's reactor so you want to be very cautious by doing that uh, and how you store them on board so there's been a lot of 
basically a lot of 3D Tetris to make sure that we were able to load and store these goods properly. As well, the, the vessel is carrying a very long parts, very, very long package. The vessel is, a, is an open top vessel with a large rolling crane that is able to, to pick up and, and move the cargo with the mezzanine deck. So it's quite a unique in that sense. It's, it's also got water ballast that is actually up high on the side in order to make the boat less stable and more uh, soft in its rolling period because of the dangerous cargo and the fragile cargo it holds. So this is not the visible part of the vessel, but, uh, but it's still been quite a, quite a challenge in terms of, uh, in terms of making it uh, work together. Now for the ocean wings, the very visual and very innovative aspect of, of this vessel, it's really for wind engine, as we like to call them. Each, each wing is uh, 37 meter, meter high from the, from the base and uh, 11 meter uh, wide. So it's, it's, a, it's over 360 square meter sail area or wing sail area per, per item. It's fully automated so that it's really autopilot on and off button for its direction, its power output, but also it's got a, a reefing capacity so that the wing sail itself is held onto horizontal ribs, can be reefed and then, and then folded at the, at the bottom. So it's really the vision of that automated industrial modern sail that is really transformed into a wind engine. That's extraordinary. And thank you for telling us more. I read in one of your newsletters that your goal is to add a new design layer devoted to performance that leverages your expertise in technologies developed in the racing world. And building on that, what kind of knowledge transfer between the racing world and the maritime sector can you foresee? How, do, how are you making the jump and collaborating between this legacy engineering and design firms? First, we try to be very humble with what we can bring to the table and what we have to learn with these existing experts and, and players. And we believe we have maybe a more problem-solving attitude or a bit of a more open mind on how to solve some new problems because every boat is a prototype in our, in, in our project. Apart from that, uh, we're really trying to understand how to work together and how to learn from, from the knowledge that's already in place. In more concrete terms, we really like to set up collaborative projects with expert firms so that we can make the best vessel by combining expertise and also innovation from our side or expertise on wind assist technology. Simon, the fast foiling ferry is a very exciting boat. For our eyes, it looks like the America's Cup is meeting a commuter boat. And uh, we had heard that Mark dreams of going to Corsica on one of these ferries. Tell us where you are in the project and are you working on other commercial boats that the public can use this way? Yeah, so this, this is a very exciting and, and cool project. This is based off yeah, foiling technology, trying to reduce drag at high speed. We can achieve significant drag and thus fuel reduction at speed over 40 knots by just lifting the boat out of the water. This ferry, 30 meter long by 10 meter wide catamaran, aimed to carry anything between 80 and 200 passengers, aimed at semi-long distance commute 
So anything between 30 and 200 nautical mile crosses. There are some metropolitan areas on your side of the Atlantic that, that could use such a, such a commuter. The goal is to reduce fuel consumption at very high speed. This project now is uh, being quoted by various shipyards in Europe and try to, to take it over the line now with a, with a customer. We, we've done the technology, we've done the design. Uh, we've also done a version for offshore crew transfer. So really on large oil and gas installation of groups of platform or wind farm, offshore wind farm that, that may be done by helicopter. It's both its range and its uh, high speed is aimed at also competing with, with helicopter for these functions. That's really amazing. We'd like to ask you, Simon, about climate change, advancing science, and collective responsibilities. Uh, Alexa Barrier is one of the skippers from the Vendée Globe, and she was suggesting that pleasure boats should be equipped with scientific equipment to help collect data. Do you ever receive requests from customers in the leisure division about this? It's quite rare, to be honest, that we receive such questions from our customers on the pleasure side. On the racing side, there's been quite a few very interesting uh, initiatives to you know, collect data, especially on the Vendée Globe, because they sail into very remote area where survey is scarce and, and data is, is valuable. More generally, we as, as PLP are very, very involved, you know, try, try to do our part in, the, uh, in this challenge. Try to uh, try to lift our own weight. What we're really thinking about now is is trying to envision the sailing boat of the future, not only from a naval architecture perspective, but more from a broader design perspective. What are going to be its usage? Who is going to use it, and how is it going to be owned? Is it going to be shared uh, for how long? What material? What carbon impact for an afterlife for this boat? There's various projects at different scale, at different uh, level of, of advanced that we are pushing or contributing to for this next, say, generation of how to use boats. Simon, we've heard that uh, part of the south coast of Brittany is now known as the Sailing Valley. As you know, our two founders, Laurent Apollon and Laurent Corbel, both grew up in Brittany. Tell us a bit more about how being in Brittany and around that sailing culture helps VPLP? What, what really makes it such a good fit for the maritime industry and VPLP? First, it's a great, it's a great region to live in. And yes, there's, there's definitely a vibe about everyone liking or most of the people liking to be on the water, having a lot of passion and also care for the maritime environment, short side protection or responsible sailing and whatnot. So it's, it's, it's really a, a bubbling scene where mostly sailors and, and sail racer and sail cruiser are passionate about their playground, their playing field, which is which is the sea around them. It makes it for a, a great fit for a lot of company to you know to dare to do some some new things, be it on uh, you know collision avoidance, anything between uh, a new composite, new new fabrication techniques. There's, there's a real ecosystem that's there that, that's infused by, by passionate people. As we near the end of this episode, Simone, we'd like to ask you how you see VPLP and boat designers adjusting to decarbonization and reduction of emissions. This is a big topic these days. Can you tell us more about 
this aspect to your work? Sure, it's it's at the it's at the top of our mind for for all of the project. It comes from from us. It comes from the customer as well. There's many ways to reduce emissions. First is you know for a given boat, just be more efficient through the water. You know, reducing drag, reducing hydrodynamic drag is basically reducing emissions, and this is what we've been doing for race boat, you know, since forever. One of the other aspects is also light. Light and simple is just reducing emission. What you don't carry on board, what you don't have to build, what you don't have to include as a feature is already saving some energy, saving some carbon, saving some fuel. So we are very much, you know, using that, that mantra as well of simplicity, lightness into our boat, which in turn also add performance in the traditional sense. The last point, which is more focused on leisure, leisure yacht, and to some extent on race yacht, is the recyclability aspect of composite. There's a lot of innovation and research going on, going on on biocomposites, both organic fibers and also recyclable resins, which are very interesting to follow. So from a technical standpoint, we are looking at it quite closely. We're doing some partnership for flax-based composites and, you know, try to test that against glass and polyester for instance from from the cruising so so there are, there's many aspects in which we can we can we try to contribute to this challenge um simon thank you again for joining us it is truly a pleasure to speak to someone who does what they love and uh, we loved hearing from someone who has come all the way from your time in san francisco in silicon valley and now you're in the sailing valley in the south of Brittany. We really hope that we can talk to you again sometime soon. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much, Kat and Laurent, for having me. It's been, a, it's been a real pleasure. Hope to be back online soon with you. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you're not already subscribed, please sign up to Hoisting the Sail wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, visit Windsupport NYC on LinkedIn. Write to us at podcast at windsupport.nyc.